Through technology, we can have food delivered within minutes, even date someone without actually going on the date, which is kind of amazing, but not at the expense of our health. At Kaiser Permanente, we know how important it is to get up and get moving. So we've built a mobile app that lets you schedule appointments on a hike, check most test results from the market, get medical advice while getting your heart rate up. Because as much as we love technology, if we don't start moving, we don't stand a chance. Kaiser Permanente. Rise and thrive. Visit kp.org. Blog Talk Radio. today. Good love. Is your relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew She's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save a Seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hello, everyone. Ooh, did Ed, our announcer, just say hot topics? Hang on. You might need a fire extinguisher tonight, everybody. We are going to talk about hot monogamy. Hot monogamy. I'm Dr. Brenda Wade, your good love doctor. And, yes, we're going to explore that question of questions How do you keep love and romance alive in a long-term relationship? And yes, okay, okay, okay. How do we keep the sex hot? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And we're going to be joined by Dr. Pat Love. That's right, another Dr. Love. And that's her real name. She's the author of the book, Hot Monogamy, Essential Steps to More Passionate, Intimate, lovemaking, ooh, and she's got a hands-on, eye-opening book that proves it becoming sensually and sexually fluent. Let me say that again, sexually fluent. Yes, it's a language, everybody, and we have to learn it if we want hot monogamy, and it's a skill that you can learn, and it will fan those flames no matter how long you have been single or in a couple or widowed or divorced. It doesn't matter your relationship status, your sexual orientation. Everybody can learn how to have hot monogamy. All right, now, every week right here on Good Love Radio, we work with some very essential truths, and I want to remind you what they are, the key to good love. Now write this down. I want you to memorize it. If you don't remember anything else that we talk about tonight, please take this away. The key to good love is knowing what you truly want and then knowing that you deserve it and that you are worth it. That's the key to good love. Those with high self-worth and high self-esteem have better Love relationships. Those who know what they want have better love relationships. All right. Now, there's something else we're going to focus on tonight, and that is why good love is essential to your greatness. Your greatness. There's an interesting thing to reflect on. And then how to identify the negative love patterns that might be blocking you right now from the good love that you desire. And finally, we're going to work with how you break those chains 
of what happened back then so you can be free to experience what's right now. All right, those are our three intentions. Be clear about those. And now let's talk about whether monogamous partners can maintain passion and excitement that they felt in the early days of the relationship. Now, I've got a little quote for you from Men's Health magazine. The quote says, The road to hotter monogamy is simply a matter of mind over monotony. You must be willing to bust your rut and rekindle your sex life in order to have a fulfilling relationship. Bust your rut. That means get out of the rut, everybody. Now, here's one more fact that you need to know. 80% of divorcing couples say they still love each other. Yet no percent, zero percent of divorcing couples say they're still passionate about each other. Although passion is the number one source of divorce prevention. Hmm. Scratch your head and go, hmm. So let's take a deep look at why keeping it hot is overlooked in marital education, sometimes in marital coaching, marital therapy. I'm so thrilled to welcome back our guest today, Dr. Patricia Love, one of America's leading sex and family therapists. She has looked at numerous case studies, and her book, Hot Monogamy, is going to give you some rather hot advice on (laughs) keeping it hot. All right, let me welcome Dr. Patricia Love. Hi there, Dr. Love. Hello, how are you? Glad to be here. Oh, my God, I'm great. It's so good to have you back. You lit everybody up when you were with us a couple of weeks ago, and I want to get right to a question that I want the answer to. What got you to start looking at hot monogamy? Well, since I know you, since I've already talked and, and, and you know me from last time, you know, part of it was my practice, of course, seeing this dilemma show up in my clinical practice over and over and again. But that doesn't always drive the passion for a book. I had to know for myself, because like so many women and some men, in the beginning, you know, when I first... When, in my, when I first got married and it was exciting and, and, and sex was just open and free and untethered, so to speak, and such a novelty, I had so much passion, so much desire, so much arousal, so much energy for sex. Uh, and we both did. And then, like so many people, after that infatuation stage, after the novelty, after the newness set, off, set you know, wore off. And, of course, then by that time, we were pregnant with our first child. And what they don't tell you is your libido doesn't just naturally come back until up to a year after the birth of that child. That's and right, can, especially if you're nursing a baby. And if you're nursing a baby, it's even yeah. longer, yes. And so then, you know, we're four or five years into a relationship, and I went back to what I didn't know then, but I know now, was normal. And normal meant that, first of all, my pathway to desire was very different than my husband's. He had a typical male, and it doesn't... Do you mean yet. men and women have different pathways to desire? Well, oh, my goodness. Yes. That, and, and, no. also, <laughs> and so do men and men and women and women. I you know. know. So, I, I had to yeah. be facetious there because yes. I think that's something... <laughs> I've heard that hundreds of times from women and from men. Why is it so different? And, yes. you know, I'll tell you something. Even in same-gender couples, yes. I have found that there's generally one person way yes. more interested in sex than the other one once the initial, as you say, novelty wears <laughs> off. But why? Now, wait a minute. Why yes. does it wear off? Okay. Well, I mean, even if you're not having a baby, you're not pregnant, right, you're not exactly. why does it, it wear off? Because you said the word, you said novelty, uh, and and the key, not, our brains are programmed to wake up and notice and get excited 
about move toward, get curious, get interested in anything new. Now think about the evolutionary purpose of that. If we, if there's something new in the environment, you want to find out and pay attention long enough to find out if it's friend or foe. So anything new is laced with a dopamine experience, which gives, her, gives us pleasure and motivation to move toward it. So it's, it's the gotta-have-it neurotransmitter, and it gives us a sense of pleasure just going after it. That's where the desire kicks in. See, a lot of times men and women both are aroused, but they have no desire. It, mm-hmm. it, the best way to understand this is to draw a, lo- a, a horizontal line, and on, let's just say the right-hand end is people who are testosterone-dominant, that's about two-thirds of men and almost a third of women. Then on the other end, draw. It, it, this is, these are the estrogen-dominant, two-thirds women and almost a third of men. And then they're, you know, so you're, we're all because of our DNA and our neurohormones. Right. Now, Some, what, the, what does the estrogen and testosterone have to do with yes. arousal? I say, that, first of all, <laughs> I call it, if, you, if you're looking at that continuum, a person who is more testosterone dominant, and again, most men and some women, I call this the sexy body. This is the person who walks around with a body sex ready. What I say, I say the prerequisite for sex for this person is this, is my heart beating? <laughs> if, my heart, if my heart is beating, you can probably convince me and interest me in sex. Oh, my have, God. Okay, a, somebody – so now <laughs> let me just make sure I understand this and everybody else understands it. Are you saying that those people who are higher on the testosterone scale are more yes. likely to be sex-ready? Is that what we yes. thought? Yes. And, and, and oh, wait I, a minute. I forgot to tell people something. By the way, oh. if you want to join the conversation – with Dr. Patricia Love, here's the number to call. Sorry, Pat, I forgot to give them the number. It's 347-989-0776. 347-989-0776. Call in or hit us up on Facebook with your question at drbrendawade.com or tweet that question in, hashtag drbrendawade.com. And we would love to hear from you. And I said .com on Facebook. You know there's no .com on Facebook. Okay, so sorry about that. All right. Okay, Okay, Pat. Thank you. Now, you're about to explain about sex-ready people with their hearts are beating are ready for sex. But here's the difference. I think we ought to make a distinction between arousal and desire because the people – on the other end, those estrogen-dominant individuals, and again, it's, it's most women and some men, they're the nice guys, by the way. They're the nurturers. They're the guys who do talk about their feelings, okay? So these are got people I call sexy brain. These are individuals who have to feel connected, have to feel calm. Their stress level has to be down. Literally, if this person on the left-hand side, the estrogen-dominant, sexy brain half of the continuum is stressed, literally the amygdala cannot feel desire, will not let you feel desire. They may be aroused. They, may, You know, a woman could be lubricated, a man could have an erection, but they have no desire for sex. So if you just look at the likelihood... So they have, have a, no desire because they're too stressed to feel emotionally connected. Yes, and they don't feel... And they have and connection is what lowers their stress or help or support or collaboration or somehow being connected and doing projects or activities in tandem. You know, this is the person who measures intimacy by participation and support. Right, and this is, of course, more likely to be women because as women with estrogen and, God help us, oxytocin, we're more likely to respond to the nurturing, the connection. We've got two bonding hormones, not just one. So women are more likely to want and need that before they are, as you say, sex-ready, whereas you've got a larger number of men who can be sex-ready without that. 
Yes. Now, you mentioned oxytocin, and that's a very an, another very interesting neurohormone. Estrogen enhances the effects of oxytocin. Like, for example, skin-on-skin touching releases oxytocin. Right. And, and, and a person, and so, you know, you can really calm someone, help them to feel nurtured and bonded to you and close to you by, by touching them skin-on-skin. Skin. But here's a little-known fact. And that is people with high testosterone, and again, it's most men and some women, they need two to three times more touching to feel that oxytocin bond. Many, many men will tell you in their private moments they're touch deprived. They want touching too. And of course, you know, if if they have the sexy brain person as a partner, man or woman, he or she might say, Well, if I touch him he just wants sex. But that doesn't mean God, how often have I heard that? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't want to touch him because he wants sex, but on the other hand what he really wants is to be touched and it is a turn on. Yes, he wants to be touched. Mm -hmm. And and oftentimes in that touch deprived state you initiate sex just to get the touching right so right. so you have to make sure you begin you know what you said you have to understand who you are not just what you want but who am i and who and, is your yeah, partner yeah, because i certainly have worked with a lot of couples and i know you have too pat where partners misunderstand this about yes. one another Yes. They don't realize, you know, I married a sexy brain, and yes. I'm the sexy body. Uh, yes, exactly. I need touching, and exactly. I need touching. Yes, and they think the sexy body person can look at the sexy brain person and say, you're just making excuses. What do you mean, you know, you've got to get the dishes done? What do you mean we haven't talked to each other? This would be a way of relating. Come to bed with me. We will relate, you know. So yeah, exactly. They don't realize that your stress level will not let you, and your feeling of isolation will not let you feel desire. One of the first things that couples need to do, and if you're a single person, you know, somebody said this to me last week. Let me just flag this. She said to me, I don't need to learn about love and about relationships until I get one. Wrong. Yeah. You need yeah. to know before you're in one so you won't blow it when yeah. you get there. So yeah. if you're single and looking, if you're yeah. widowed or divorced, for God's sake, get out your notepad or whatever you take notes on, your little iPad or whatever, and make a note because this is golden. What Dr. Love is sharing is crucial. She and I have spent our entire careers watching couples stumble and stub their toes and bump their heads because they don't understand some of these basic facts. So make notes. The first thing is you need to know, am I a sexy brain or a sexy body? Yes, exactly. And once you understand that and understand your partner, and most people know, just from the little bit that you and I have talked about, most people say, oh, I know who, where I am. You know, it may be you're somewhere in the middle. It may be, you know, that. but if you need that connection, if you need kindness, if you need the closeness, if you need your stress level, if you need to get your to-do list done so that your stress level goes down and you feel supported and connected to your partner before you feel desire, you know which end of the spectrum you're on. Now, it's your responsibility to make time for that. It's not just your partner's responsibility. Now, speaking of making time, yes, let's talk about that. You know, I have some friends that I used to call on Sunday morning just to mess with them because <laughs> I knew that Sunday morning was the time they sent their kids to Sunday school so they could have sex. Uh-huh. And I would yes. just call them and go, are you in bed? <laughs> I mean, we're good enough friends. We could joke about these things. Yes, so yes. you're talking about setting aside time. Should couples be making sex dates yes. so that you, you can know, do this touching whatever else you need? Listen, what should that, we be doing here from your perspective? You know, I in the book, I almost didn't put this in the book because it seems so simple, but my couples love it. I, I described four almost obvious ways to to have sex 
and, and these are broad categories. This isn't technique. I'm talking about a variety. This is really the way, you know, you get together. One is a quickie. It doesn't have to take two or three hours every time you have sex. I mean, the quickie can be a way of balancing these sexual desires, you know, and frequency, uh, you know. So so one can be the quickie. And I often say this is what walk-in closets are for. If you have company or small kids, you know, you shut the bedroom door and you lock it, you know. Push the shower. It doesn't get it on on the floor in the closet. Yeah, exactly. And you heard it right here from Dr. Patricia. <laughs> I love so, it. And the second one is just what we call making love, and this is what most couples do most of the time. But you have to be careful because most positions favor the male orgasm. You know, if you have two men together, no problem. But if you have a man and a woman together or two women together, you have to be creative enough to make sure that everybody's getting the stimulation that he or she needs to make this work. So making love doesn't have to take a long time, but that third category, which is romantic love, is exactly what you say. You either got to make an appointment or set a time. You make a sex date. You know, you and, and the good thing about that, by the way, it gives the sexy brain person time to calm herself, calm himself, lower his stress, take the hot bath, drink the, you know, chamomile tea, whatever you need to do, have that connecting conversation, whatever it is you need to do to lower that level, feel connected. So that's what uh, blocking off the time can do. And oftentimes, couples with busy lives, let's say they block off three hours, well, the first 20 minutes may be talking about Johnny's soccer game or whatever. So, so and, they'll, and people but often say... that's part of connecting. That's, That's part, part of connecting, of connecting. And, and, and very important. People say, well, doesn't that spoil the spontaneity? Spontaneity comes within that block of time. Right. So, so, And then the last category is simply, you know, can be spontaneous, and it's called adventuresome sex. Because mystery, part of keeping passion alive is the mystery, is exactly. the surprise, is the is pushing the envelope, is taking a risk. It is moving toward a little bit of playfulness or fun. And again, that that magic word, novelty, novelty, novelty. So where, let's just get out here on the edge because I know a lot of couples stop being imaginative and adventuresome, as you say, and slip into, okay, we're going to have sex the same way, the same time, in the same place, whenever we are going to make love or have sex or Uh have romantic sex. What are the things that, from your perspective, Dr. Love, Mm -hmm. are good things for people to do to mix it up and make it more interesting? Well, first, let me just say, if that's working for both of you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, sometimes I get the, the feedback that the couples like their life the way it is, that they would rather have passion in their motorboat or, or you know, snowshoeing or some other adventure. Okay. But if you want to mix it up, one, you got to think of trying different techniques, trying a variety of locations, trying to... Do, you know, it could be it could be role play. By the way, passion is anything that you look forward to, you anticipate it, it challenges you, it gives you energy, it it you lose track of time, and you're both enjoying it when you're doing it. That's that's anything passionate, by the way, and novel, unrelated to sex, and I might say seemingly unrelated to sex, can spice up your sex life. Even a good intimate conversation. I've seen this happen in therapy many, many, many times. Couples report to me after a deep conversation of of really understanding one another and and deep negotiation and getting into wonder one and one another's frame of reference, they go home and have passion. Yes, I've seen that too, and I think it's great. I think it's great because the connection happens when you care about somebody and you start to really put that in. Now, I I want to go a different direction here because. Mm -hmm. This may seem odd, but I know there are a lot of people, because I've heard it over and over and over, who say, well, why bother with monogamy 
at all. And yeah, we're talking yeah. about advice for couples and how to keep it hot. Yes. What are yes. the benefits? Because there's a lot of research now on the benefits yes. of yes. monogamy and commitment. What are some of those, Pat? Let me ju- let me just say this: monogamy isn't normal. You know, it, it's you know, non-monogamy isn't normal. What's normal is variety. And 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 I know when we wrote the book Hot Monogamy. Uh, a lot of people ask the same question. Um, we weren't really promoting monogamy. We were say, well, we were. We we looked at the benefits of it, what research says, and I'll quote those in a minute. But we were basically saying this is a book who, for people who've chosen monogamy. You know, monogamy may not be for everybody. We know that there are many, many people who keep mystery alive by you have your life, I have my life, and we keep the secrecy, we keep the mystery, we keep, we keep the uh, intrigue going, and we don't know everything about each other. And, and that works. That works for couples. So, Except, you know, let me just say this, while we're throwing out a little bit of research, the research does also show that there's some risk. If you have an open relationship but you want to maintain connection, those couples with open relationships are more divorce-prone couples if you're in a committed relationship. Is that not true? Because, yes, because how can you control your emotions? Exactly. How can you control? Now, that's like, spoken about uh, like a, a, you know, <laughs> a sexy brain person. Because mm-hmm. remember, the, half the world connects, the deepest connection is through intimacy. It's not just through the sexual act. It's through the acts of kindness, the acts of closeness, the acts of mutual support. Now, there is evidence about monogamy that it increases the the, regular sex with the same person increases health. It increases, increases well-being. It uh, raises the male testosterone. Um, I mean, there are all kinds of health benefits. Yes, for, and not to beyond even just having may- sex with the same person, we know that in general, people who are in a strong, committed relationship have stronger immune systems. So what we're saying here, folks, is sex with the same person can be very good for your health, and there's a lot of research that says your wealth and your happiness, too. Now, Pat... What if we have, oh, by the way, let me give you that number again. If you want to join the conversation, this is what you do. Call 347-989-0776 and push 1 on your handset. You can ask Dr. Patricia Love your question. And if you want to hit us up on Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade, or hashtag Dr. Brenda Wade for Twitter, Cliff is monitoring the phones and the social media. He'll pick up your question, and he will let Dr. Love and I know that your question or your comment has come in. And Cliff, uh, oh, you know what? Here we go. Question. Yes. Uh, this is from Facebook. Mm-hmm. All right. This person says, my husband and I have been married for a decade, and now he's complaining about the lack of sex. I work a regular job. Let me get the rest of this question. Hang on, hang on. I work a regular job, and I just don't have that energy anymore. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Now press 1 if you're listening via the phone and you want to join the conversation, or like this person did who doesn't have the energy for sex anymore, you can send it via Facebook or Twitter. All right. There's your first question, Dr. Patricia Love. What are your thoughts? I have several thoughts. One is that um, I'd be very curious where she puts herself on this continuum, um, but her, but it sounds like the issue is if I ask this couple, it's funny, in 30-some years when I ask couples, okay, if I had a magic wand and could you could have the ideal relationship that you want, with your partner, how often would you be having sex? Couples say so, such a close number to being, they're both similar. 
you know, if they might say once a month or twice a month or twice a week or three months. So they usually have the same number, you're saying? They they usually have such a close number. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would want to ask this couple because the issue may not be, my hunch is the issue is the stress, the issue isn't a lack of desire for or wanting sex. That's my hunch. Because And so then we have to negotiate how can, if he wants more sex, in fact, I don't think it's any coincidence that there's a direct correlation between the, the uh, frequency of sex and how, uh, how much the husband does housework and helps the wife. I don't think that's any coincidence. No, so that I, is not a coincidence because <laughs> I've actually been looking at that recently, and it's called sex work. Let's see, wait, housework is sexy. Yes, so, housework uh, excuse is me, sexy. anybody who wants to get your partner turned on, go out there and do the laundry. Exactly. Load the so, dishwasher. So that's Ooh. where I would, I would try to, I would, I would say, what would make me want sex? In what environment am I most desirous? of my partner and desirous of sex? In what situation am I most amenable? Uh, what, 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 in my world of fantasy, how, you know, how could we, if he wants more, my hunch is she would like more. She's tired. She's, you know, she works. She's exhausted. And remember, half the population cannot feel desire when they're stressed and exhausted. So the question becomes, how can we block off time? How could he, we, run interference so that I have this magical time that's set aside? And let's make it realistic. You know, let's really make it realistic so that we can do it. So I would ask her to come up with three things that he could do. What's one thing uh, you know, I might be coaching him to say, honey, what's one small thing I could do that would would improve, you know, our sex life and your sexual desire, or I would be more sexually appealing? I don't know. I'd find out what the issue is. What's one small thing I could do? I'd get her to say it. What's a second small thing I could do? And then what's a third small thing? I always say we need to give each other three choices because then it doesn't become either or. And if he can't do any of those, then he has to come up with a suggestion that meets her need and meets her fantasy. Then I would ask her, what's one small thing you could do to explore your sexuality? What's one, you know, and if stress is the issue, what's one small thing you could do that would lower your stress and give you more energy for sex? Uh, you know, and then I'd talk about what their desire is because my he's already said he would like more frequency. Now, let, let me tell you, I just yes. saw this research. And, Pat, you know what? This is yes. one of those things that is so important, and I want to say this particularly to women because when a woman is stressed out, we know estrogen levels go down, and yes. you don't feel as sexy. So the first yes. thing is this is just in the basic please take care of yourself category. Do some dancing every day, take a shower, listen to music that you love, go outside and look at something that's beautiful or go to an art gallery because we know there are specific things that women find relaxing. Water, music, dancing, beauty, soothing touch. Most women, you know, a ton of research on this. Sorry, you know, Pat and I are all about the science. We want (laughs) you to understand standing on hard facts here. Those things make you feel calm, and when you feel calm, you're more likely to have enough estrogen yeah. to feel sexy. And, so and, and, and this do doesn't that. have to be every day. You and I are living in a real world. We know oh, what yeah. the economic st- st- stressors are today. We know how hard it is just to to keep an income going, and we know how fortunate people are just to have a job. Mm-hmm. So. We understand that we're not talking about every single day. We're talking about being reasonable. And, And by the way, if you want to make a change, here's what science says about how you change your brain. It's easier to add positives than eliminate negatives. 
you've got to, we got to give her brain and his brain something to look forward to. We've got to move them toward activities that will compete with work. Compete now, is with, one of those activities getting comfortable talking about sex with your partner? Maybe. Because maybe, a lot of people don't talk about that. Yes. Actually, uh, you're really hitting on You and I really are research people, aren't we? Um, but I, I'm like you. I like to stand on the facts. It's not just my opinion. Um, but I also like it that it's been backed up with clinical observation and also in my own life. But but we know that being able to talk comfortably about sex is highly correlated with sexual satisfaction. And this is where books, by the way, do come in handy and surveys. And, and if you, even on my website, there are lots of free downloads under the download section. There are all kinds of little surveys people can take just to get them talking and, and to, to really start to explore the options because – if you want to keep passion, remember one of the keys to passion is novelty. Not just the mystery, but the novelty, doing something different. So you've, you've, got, to, you've got to keep moving in this direction. And, and, and once you enjoy it, you're going to want to move toward it. So it's got to be enjoyable. It can't be a chore. It can't be some, one more thing on your to-do list. It has to be something to which you And we're going to check off sex. Yes. Okay, right. done. All right, right, now, what are some of the really great things that you would recommend for people right now? If we've got couples who want to heat it up or someone who's building a new relationship, they want it to start spicy and stay spicy, what yeah. would you say? And hold on because we've got a Facebook question. Let me just okay. Okay. put this one in. From Facebook, it says, I have a high sex drive and my boyfriend doesn't. I've done everything to encourage him but he's still not responding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting, boyfriend. Now, if you're okay. on the phone, by the way, and you've called in, go right ahead and press 1 on your handset. That way Cliff will know that you've got a question. And if you don't want to say your question out loud, use Facebook like these other people. Okay, high sex drive, he's not responding. What should I do? Yeah, I would. I would. you'd have to ask him this question. What would make you want to have sex? I mean, you and I can guess and we can tell all these tantalizing, erotic activities. But if this guy, you know, one hunch would be he's more of a sexy brain person. And by the way, a lot of guys, a lot of males are embarrassed. And, and if, they don't, if they don't have permission to identify with this nice guy, if this is really a nice guy, you know, the guy who's more estrogen dominant, I've had men come up to me and and talk about it with tears in their eyes, that they're embarrassed. They don't fit that typical male stereotype. And I've also had women who are embarrassed to tell me they do have that high sex drive. So good on this woman that she's saying, I have a high sex drive. But the truth is, he may be the person that needs the connection, that needs the talking, that needs the support, that needs the, you know, doing activities together, the tandem activities. He may need that in order to, be, to feel sensual and sexual. The other thing is, a significant percentage of couples don't have sex, and they don't miss it. And, and so you've got to make sure you've got a good sexual match. Because if sex is the driving force in your life and you've got someone who says, you know what, yeah, it's nice, but I'd much rather have a belly laugh. I'd much rather have a snuggling night or a hug or whatever or a night watching movies. That's note to self. That's a big hello. Because so it sounds you- like this couple really needs to do more talking about yes. Yes. What turns yes. him on, because yes. he may be estrogen dominant, he yes. may also be very stressed out. The other Good thing, thing I just want yes. to say, there are a number of medications that suppress libido. Yes. So very if good he's point, on any kind of medication, Brenda. I'd look under that rock if I were you. But if he has a high sex drive, you got to talk. I mean, you have a high sex drive. You've got to talk about what he needs in order to feel turned on, and whatever you do. Here's just a little tip on communication. And, Pat, I know you're going to back me up and reinforce this. I have a little communication tool I call Baby, What's on Your Mind? Mm-hmm. 
means I'm going to approach you in a gentle, affirmative way. And you said this earlier, it's easier to add positives to the brain than take away negatives. What is the most exciting and wonderful thing I've ever done that turned you on? Or when we did this, you seemed to really like it. Does that work for you? Tell me what you need because I love you enough, I care enough for you to want to make you happy. Positive, 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 positive. Mm-hmm. Anything along those lines. Now, yeah. quick, Pat, what about sex toys? Yes. How you know, much uh, do yes. sex toys play a role? Is that something that couples should be spending some time exploring? You know, people love them, people use them. I mean, it, of course, it depends upon the couple. It can, it, a battery can do amazing things to a life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's amazing what you could, you know, or, or water or lubricants. I mean, even a good lubricant. If I have to say, if you're not using a good lubricant, run, don't walk to the nearest drugstore and get one because it extends love play. It takes away any tension that comes from the fear of an abrasion or or it it just makes it more fun and and delicious actually. So there are any number, I mean there are any number of sources of excitement, but it begins with exactly what you said, Brenda, communication. Um Again, you know, for, for you know, there's the an old saying: communication is the best lubrication. Speaking of lubrication, yes. dear. Yes, very. Oh, that's a very good. That's a very good line. I'm going to quote you on that. But you know, I for, think that this this is what you know. Half the population, if you're both that sexy body person with the high testosterone and high sex desire as well as arousal, then you can surprise each other. It's, you can push the envelope and you know come home with some you know role play and and uh, you know there's a great scene from a a, a movie. Uh, called New York, I Love You. I don't know if you've seen that movie. but I haven't. But, uh, Tell me. Oh, anyway, there's a great – watch the movie, and I won't spoil it for you, but, but that will give you ideas. I mean, that is just a great scene. And, well, that uh, leads into the whole idea of movies, pornography. Where does that fit in from your perspective? You know, you and I need to do a whole show on this because – well, maybe we will. There's always a lot of discussion about where do you draw the line between high sex drive and, and addictive or compulsive use. It is so clear to me where the line is drawn. If you've tried to quit and you can't, if you've tried to cut back and you can't, if you've spent more time than you planned on it, if, you, if you've gotten in trouble with uh, friends or work or loved ones, if you actually find that you're thinking about it even when you're not doing it, if you wouldn't want your partner to know what you've been doing and looking at, if you're hiding it in secrecy, all of those are compulsive predictors. That doesn't mean, you know, people with high sex drive doesn't mean, you know, it, so so the, the pornography, couples can use it to titillate and add, but they have to do it together and they have to do it in a way that enhances their lovemaking because we know that that sites are designed to be addictive. That's the exactly That's right. how they make that money. That is something most That's people they make don't money. realize. And and the more you use it, the more it lowers your attraction for your partner, the more it increases the probability you'll spend more time, and that you'll act out face-to-face. So, I mean, it is a danger there, and some it depends on the brain you were issued at birth. I mean, it has a lot to do with how you handle stress. Yeah, has a and lot this is do- something I want to just say this again, because this comes up so often when I'm teaching classes on relationship, and I know you've heard it. So often I have heard people say, oh, I don't care if my partner is watching pornography every day. And again, be aware there's an entire billion-dollar industry built on the hope that you will get addicted, and it's designed with such intensity. The intensity of the stimulation is so extreme, the brain gets hooked on anything that's adrenalized, everybody. 
So just watch it there. Yes. Watch yes. it there. And Pat, I like the definition of yes. addiction, and I'll add one thing. Okay, folks, here's my simple, uh, some of you heard me say this on Dr. Oz, addiction is anything that stops your life. If yes. it stops your life in any way, yes. check it. It's an addiction. Now, yes. question here, hang on, Pat, hang on. Let me see if I can pull this question up. We have another question coming in, and this is... The person who says, my husband has a problem with anger, and so I feel completely turned off, which makes him even angrier. Wow, yeah. Wow, you talk about an anti-erotic experience, because anger creates vasoconstriction. All everyone responds to anger the very same way. We we defend against it because anger is an act of aggression in most instances. We know anger is a numbing emotion. It's designed to offset shame. My hunch is and fear. You know, it's the one it's the one emotion that will compete with shame and fear, which are so strong. Um, so when when he's angry, he's feeling probably. Inferior, he's feeling inferior, he's feeling inadequate, he's feeling embarrassed that somehow he isn't enough, that somehow you, there's a reason why you're not interested and he's taking responsibility. That doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a way to create safety. And, and you and I seem to be, you know, really going back to over and over communication, but there has to be safe communication. Without safety... Half the world cannot feel desire. And somehow, if it, if it means that you've got to read this in a book, if you've got to get a couple sessions with a counselor, you know, somehow he has to understand that connection. And, and again, this is where couples often want the same thing, as I mentioned, but they get stuck around, will we or won't we? They get stuck around, well, you've got to be nice to me, and then I'll have sex. And then the other partner says, well, you have to have sex, and then I'll be nice to you. How can I be patient when we haven't had sex in three weeks, you know, six days and 57 minutes and five hours? Right, and then, of course, I, you know, one of the things couples also say is if he's not being nice to me or she's not being nice and then I, quote, give in, then all I'm doing is rewarding bad behavior. So I would say where where how can they block off a safety time zone and a safety place physical place which could be that we never argue in the bedroom we never have we never have anger in the bedroom whatever how can we make a again an appointment how can we create a safe zone emotionally and physically that we then are lovers to one another, how do we declare a truce and we both say, for this period of time, there's, this is set aside for lovemaking, and, and we're going to do what we each need to do to go into that space, emotional space and physical space, that will be created by safety so that we can be the lovers that brought us together to begin with in our relationship. All right, everybody, this is your last chance. Fire that question in for Dr. Patricia Love. We're talking about hot monogamy. You know you want it and you need it because it's good for your health. We only have a few more minutes with you, Dr. Patricia Love. Leave us with your very best advice, and I want everyone to know that they can connect with you via your website. And everyone, you can check out Dr. Patricia Love's website at, give it to us, Dr. Patricia. It's patlove.com. Patlove.com, there you go. Straightforward. You can remember that, patlove. At your pocket, right? Patlove.com. Okay, and the book is Hot Monogamy, Essential Steps to More Passionate, Intimate, Love making, and she'll give you the straight, skinny talk there, all the science, back it up with her clinical observation, and you get the last word, Dr. Patricia Love. What do you want to leave us with tonight? If you want to be a great lover, 
find out what says I love you to your partner and give it as a gift. Mm, all right. What says I love you to your partner? Give it as a gift. There you have it. And I want to thank you, Dr. Patricia Love, for being with us tonight. And everyone, remember, good love equals good health. It also equals your greatest success ever. That's why good love is called the heart of health. Now, stay on the healing journey with us. We want to unlock your hidden potential for love and great passion, all of it. And we've got some fabulous guests coming up, as wonderful as Dr. Patricia Love. We have Anita Ross, who wrote Meantime Love, and that is loving yourself through and after a toxic relationship. Mm. We've got Lisa McCarthy, who wrote The Power of Affirmations. All through March, we're going to explore the theme of abundance and prosperity and what's love got to do with money. Plenty, everybody. All right, remember, when you love to live, you live to give. All right, give the gift today of love and true intimacy. And remember, wrap your arms around yourself and give yourself love every day. It's one of the ways to take care of yourself, lower your stress. So, so happy to be with you. Thank you to all of you who sent in questions. Thank you to Cliff Dunning, who is our producer and fielding those questions you're sending in, to LeGrand Green, who produced tonight's show, booked the guests, sent in all the notes and research for us. And thank you to all of you for being with us. We'll be with you again next Tuesday. And if you're listening via recording rather than live, thank you for being with us. All right, everyone. Here's to good love, blessings, and good night. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Dear pesky blackheads, you disgust me. You're ugly, dirty, and just plain nasty. Enough is enough. Meet my Biore Deep Cleansing Charcoal Pore Strip. This strip, with natural charcoal, will pluck you out. Oil, too. Sayonara, blackheads. See ya on the Biore Strip side. Sincerely, finally clean pores. Love charcoal? Also try Biore Baking Soda Cleansing Scrub for an exfoliating deep clean. Biore, free your pores.